June 30, 2023. It's a while for Pedro's show. show happy friday happy last day of june july is coming start off the show john coltrane live excerpt from june uh november 22 1962 don't fuck that up what impressions great tune only a little bit i'll give you a little bit so stuff like that i'm into that lately just bits uh beautiful Almost done with the Charlie Christian uh, Goins McKinney Bible. Anyway, after that, I don't know how to pronounce this. <laughs> but the proj name is Gloatmeal, which is beautiful. 
but uh, there's an S here and there's an apostrophe and some commas. <laughs> Almost looks like a creature. So because of those Estonian software engineers with their Skype uh, invention, I got Kate. Uh, Gentile? Gentile? Gentile. Okay. Wow. Okay. Because th- there's the other way, too, acting all mannered and everything. Uh, yeah, it's, it's weird. <laughs> I, well, English language, right? Kind of cobbled together. Where are you talking to me from, Kate? Uh, Brooklyn. Okay. Probably the one in the U.S., not in Holland. But yeah. uh, <laughs> that would be broke. Yeah, the, t- the double vowel thing is different in Holland, people. I found that out. Uh, but we got to give Stevie Bono credit for the connect. Uh, other stuff you gave me. Uh, I, I'm interested in your journey through music, Kate. Can you please bring your earliest recollection? Yeah. Um, I guess when I was maybe eight or nine, I got my first CD player. And I got really into – I had a loft bed, and it was like a little fort. And I would just sit up there and listen to um, – I didn't really have a, a ton of cool music early on because I was, well, I was nine and I sort of grew up in a uh, sort of, you know, like a white bubble su- suburb of um, Buffalo. And I didn't have a lot of cool friends turning me on to music until I was much older. But um, you know, I got Buffalo, into Buffalo, I, I watch a, the offbeat cinema. You know about the, the they they play old movies and they're like these three people kind of hosts and it originates out of Buffalo. Oh, okay, cool. Offbeatcinema.tv if you want to check out their website. I didn't get the name of that uh, Gloatmeal song. How do you pronounce that? Yeah, well, we started out with all these titles that were either words or made up words, and then just kind of replaced a lot of the letters with punctuation, and I think. It was originally S E R E, and like Sear, and we. So we've just been kind of calling them what they originally were. But I had to look that up like before this because I I figured you might ask, and I I didn't know and I couldn't remember. So I think it doesn't matter how it you say might, it. It reminded me of the time I got this Rocky Erickson album that's got like a painting or, or artistic expression of like his head opening up and a dog leaping out and it's like written in letters like are from aliens or something so you don't know how to pronounce it that's what i was thinking <laughs> yeah of. now this pad you grew up in in buffalo did it was there musical instruments yeah my dad played guitar and uh my mom played bass but she does not describe herself as a musician or having any musical talent, but she just played because my dad needed a bass player for, um, they, they played like the, in our church growing up band. Was there a bass there? You know, I'm a little prejudiced towards that machine. Oh yeah. She had, <laughs> she had like a little Dan Electro. I actually have it in my possession okay, right now. Cause I was going to is... ask, cause if your pop's guitar was there and your ma's bass, yeah. Did you jump on this shit? Yeah, well, that's that's not why I started playing drums, but um, like that just happened because they seemed really fun. No, I think it... music. <laughs> I think music, even with your voice, or maybe the first drums was feet. Damn people dancing. I mean, anything to get the music thing going. I'm curious because we all got different ways where we got to today with music. So l- let me ask you this: What was the first record you bought with your own money? Uh, <laughs> it was either. 
the single of TLC Waterfalls or an REM album that was probably a, a compilation, but I'm not sure which was first. Probably around the same time. Remember, it's a Wofford Pivo show. There's no hard questions. There's no wrong answers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, you know what I mean? I, I, I'm just... It just amazes me. There's so many ways people come to this. And also, it's a journey, so it's dynamic, you know. So, uh, what about the first gig you saw? Um, I think it might have been a Dave Matthews Band concert okay. when I was maybe 13 or something. And uh, now, what about at school? Were you in the marching band or the choir, shit like I, that? Yeah, I did marching band, and it, it, it was... It was kind of actually cool at our high school because our marching band was really good. Like we won states, nationals, and were very competitive. And what so were I you did drumline. on? Oh, you were drumline. Okay. Did you? The coveted thing is the quad tom or the triple toms, right? I know. I always wanted to, but they're like, no, you're section leader, so you have to play snare drum. And, ah, you, you were know. snare. Okay. So then anybody, right, goes back to the tradition of field drum, so you, you, you learn traditional grip. Uh, we actually did, we all played matched grip. Oh, wow, okay, line. because I heard that's where it came from, because you hung it on the side there. Yeah, well, the the harnesses we had with the snare drums, it was so it, it was flat, so okay. it didn't have that tilt. Sort of like them toms, yeah. So it's all front, but but like oldie time, right? <laughs> they were yeah. on the side, and that's where that thing came from. Uh, totally. Not match grip. Uh, listeners out there, that means like the hands mirror each other. That's more of a modern bam-bam kind of thing. <laughs> and the older days, it was to just the way you actually carried these things. Because you know trap kit, right? It, it's it's abbreviation for, for contraption. Yeah. Yeah, okay, you know that. New Orleans, right? So, okay, was that the first time you got on the drum was in school with that snare? Well, how'd you get to be the boss, a section boss? Um, I don't know. I mean, I was I was pretty terrible when I started. Like, I didn't, I, I did, I started playing drums earlier, maybe in sixth grade, but I didn't really practice until high school because that's around the time when I started finding out about um, more interesting music. That's when I started being exposed to jazz and also I have a pretty competitive streak so I you know as soon as I started the marching band thing I was like oh yeah I got it I got it well, uh, you know I, I I've read things about Billy Cobham talking about growing up a little east of Buffalo but still New York and this thing called drum corps right and the competition was so like intense like he said they'd prac with uh holding quarters on the bulkhead with paradiddles and they'd go down to dimes like i hear if you look at billy cobham's <laughs> drum heads there's like one dot in the middle you know and there's no hits yeah <laughs> this accurate thing and and it came from this intense competition so maybe you got infected with it <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway no some of that ain't bad as long as you know not too many feelings get hurt and stuff uh, anything uh to keep interested and passionate about music in, in a certain way. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of like Ry Cooter talking about being, uh, you know, in the magic band. Here. Yeah, I got a little brown shirt. So I'm not talking about that. But um, yeah, you know, the whole idea of how music gets in our ear hole and the people put it together and all the drama that might be, you don't know really, right? It comes into your ear. And yeah, I always use serious. this Frank, I always use this uh, 
metaphor or whatever, analogy from Frank Morgan and Wizard of Oz. Like, he paid no attention to that man behind the curtain. He was the motherfucker behind the curtain. <laughs> and right, he got there. The bl- balloon got there by accident, right? He was blowing, and all of a sudden, he's the fucking wizard. Yeah, all right. <laughs> sure. I'll do it. Uh, so you're the section boss and stuff like that. And not till high school. Okay. So what about... Well, let me ask you this first. Not after school, like graduating, but after school in the afternoon, did you get into the garage band, basement band, uh, uh, bedroom band thing? Oh, man, I wish. I I didn't really know anybody to play with, Okay, though. okay, okay. So you had no trap kid at home as a kid. Oh, I, I did. I just didn't have the friends. Tell, tell me how that happened. Um, how, you mean how I got drums or how yeah, I got drums? Yeah, yeah, because most parents... <laughs> most, yeah, right. No, I, Tom I had Jones, friends, right? You ever read that book, that Tom cool. Jones? Uh, anyway, uh, no, because a lot of parents like, whoa, you buy the drum kit for the other family that you don't like, so that drives them insane or something. <laughs> right, so, right. So how did, how did you get... Did you ask for them? I did, and they wanted me to to wait a few months to make sure I was serious. And in the meantime, they got me a, an instructional video, and I I went up in my room, and they didn't know that I was practicing or that I could practice, I think, because I was just, like, hitting a, different parts of a chair with sticks and tapping my foot on the floor to work yeah. out coordination. Sure. And so when they finally got me a, a drum kit for Christmas – I could, you know, I could sit down and play all the stuff I had practiced, but they they didn't understand why I could just do it immediately because, you know, they weren't aware of what I'd been working on. So it was it was kind of funny. Yeah, because they're music people, but they didn't know your way because you were developing it. What 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 made you gravitate? You think to the drum, and uh, yeah, was it the school experience? Um. It's actually, it's kind of funny. My, my mom was watching MTV and called me in and there was a music video playing and the drummer was exactly my age. It was Hanson actually. (laughs) And, uh, I I saw this and I was like, those brothers, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Oh wow, you could be my age and play drums in a music video on MTV. And it just kind of made me think, oh, yeah, I could do that. And that looks really, really fun. So it was, it was, you know, I'm a little bit age difference. So I remember I Love Lucy and Ricky Ricardo, right? Babalu at the club. And, and then the little Ricky comes on board, right? And then they get a band. And he's yeah, Ricky, Desi, and something. But, uh, but uh, so it was television. That was a connect. Here, you gave me this tune. Uh, this is under your own name. Otto. On alien shoulders. Let's listen.
brighter stars, the deeper the grief. The closer is God, the darker the night, the brighter the stars. The deeper the grief, the closer is God, the darker the night. The brighter the stars, the deeper the grief, the closer is God. Don't chase the meaning, trust in light. I will pay if this is the price. A hundred extra beats every day and night. Half a century.
Thank you. 
Watch for Pedro show that deja vu all over again, people. Kate Gentile, Otto on Alien Shoulders, Veda Hill Sisterhood, Be a Tree, Zach Rose from Mirror in the Sun, Guide by Voice of Seedland, Sarah Oswald Felder Melder, The Light Turn of the Immeasurable, CLWCCY, Be the Bones, Agriculture, Relier, Bombas Prendon, AI Sings the Blues, Cello with Ticker, and Andrew Smiley with Kate Gentile, Ingrained Deviance. And you don't get to hear all that explanation because, fuck it. Um, we're, I forgot to hit record, people, so, but I, I can't totally do a rerun on that shit. So what I was asking Kate was, like, since she didn't have that garage, uh, bedroom, uh, uh, basement band experience, take music to higher education because she just didn't know of other ways. She didn't know people. So uh, that's where this idea, well, you know, you're free to choose. Well, you ain't free to choose if you don't know what the choices are, right? So she's going to tell us now what she, uh, how she furthered her drama. Go ahead, Kate. Yeah, I mean, I, I knew I didn't want to play traditional jazz. And I knew that, like, I loved a lot of different music, in, including a lot of rock music and, uh, you know, punk or at least punk-influenced music and... I just thought that if I did a, a jazz major thing in college, that it would give me something that I would just use in some other way. And, and so, yeah, I, I applied to a bunch of different schools. My parents made me get a music ed degree, which was actually pretty cool and made me a better musician. Uh, what school did you pick? Uh, Eastman in Rochester. Right, Eastman people, Kodak, right, and Xerox, yeah. their their headquarter towns, and so it wasn't too far away. And uh, was it was it the first pick of you? It was, yeah. Okay. I, I didn't I didn't get in at first. I got waitlisted for the jazz program, and I thought that meant I couldn't go. So I I was like a day away from dropping my deposit at a school in Chicago. And then they said I could like come as a music ed major and then add the jazz major the next year. So I did that. Okay, okay. And uh, what was the best thing you think you got from that experience? I, I think it was probably the thing that some people think is the worst thing, which is, <laughs> <laughs> which is just being forced to learn things you wouldn't otherwise learn and music that you wouldn't be as into, maybe. Like, super traditional bebop. Just for example. I probably wouldn't have gone deep learning about really traditional, just older jazz on my own. Uh, you know, my friend Larry, drummer man, the last couple of years helping the Stooges, we played together, and he told me the thing that was tripping him out when he's going to higher education with drumming was... The teacher told him, man, I want to make you a teacher. And he said, no, I want to do gigs. Did you have conflict like this? Uh, no, fortunately. Okay, great, great. And, and I think I, the I think teachers they, make a big difference, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they were all, I mean, it's, it was always about playing, and I think all our teachers valued that. And I think that was like a common criticism, is like a lot of teachers are not good teachers because they're not players first. Okay. And I think that's like a, a good place to teach from if you're if you're really playing a lot. And and, and playing a lot, not just the assignments, but maybe because you're in a school with a bunch of musicians, not just the football games and stuff. Uh, do you start making bands there? 
Yes. Yeah, okay. definitely. Tell me yeah, about it. A lot of, a lot of this, the students were pretty, you know, tr- traditional, straight ahead minded, but there were a few weirdos that I connected with. And we, um, yeah, and so we, we made some little bands, lots of things that were short lived, you know, we were trying all different stuff. And when you say all kinds of stuff, are you t- talking different meters? Oh, yeah, I mean, that that could be included for sure, yeah. Because you, um, you mentioned old-time jazz, and I don't think people realize a lot of that stuff was just plain flo- four on the floor, four-four stuff. And, and and John Coltrane bringing that waltz, you know, was actually from that sound of music, right, that schmaltzy thing. And that was really rocking the boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of that stuff, it was harmonic. They didn't experiment a lot with the te- uh, meters. But yeah. but it feels so much. Also, the implementation of the parts of the contraption, kick was not used as some part of like uh, steady rhythm. It was like bombs, right? And it, really interesting. The vocabulary—it's almost the same parts, but the, but the way it was used. Yeah, totally. Like Wait. I think Earl Palmer, right? Because Little Richard couldn't carry a a bass player for some gigs. So he comes up with that steady kick drum. I heard it in some Gene Krupa solos. Like he starts doing this, you know, eighth note thing and uh, or quarter note thing just because he's by himself and he wants to do some uh, drama and work the room with that. But as far as it being part, because another thing was no amplifiers for the rhythm section. So they're all competing with the horns. Just such a trip. And it's so great. You know, I'm learning about this by reading these bios on John Coltrane and Charlie Christian shit. But in school, there you got you got to actually investigate this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. As far as the stuff with like, um, just trying stuff with different bands, a lot of it was just how to integrate improvisation into material that wasn't just like a jazz tune like things that were more uh, fragmented or irregular or harmonically, like not, not just chord changes to play or like things that you couldn't notate with chord changes, like sort of weirder harmonies that didn't have a chord symbol and in rhythms that were different than, or that were unfamiliar and just like, how, how do we deal with these kinds of things? You mean like 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 a metronome versus the pulse, uh, like a, a guy like Milford Graves, for example. Mike Pride was on talking about Milford, really oh, interesting, yeah. and I think that was bringing some traditions over from Africa, even. Yeah, totally. Okay, okay. So, here's the thing that really bugs me: this idea that drummers aren't musicians and put them in the, in the rear with a lot of gear, right? <laughs> Biggest fuck up the Minutemen did was having George Hurley. You know, last 20 years, I've had all my drummers at the lip of the stage. I mean, it's rhythm music. Why be in denial? So, so interesting. So some of these bands, I mean, obviously there were some assignments and stuff. I want you to play with some people and, uh, you know, come up with some compositions, stuff like that, right? Yeah. But then some stuff, were, were you at the dorm or were you living in an apartment? I mean, did you live with other musicians? Uh, well, I had to live in the dorms the first year, but then I got, a. I had an aunt that lives in Rochester, so I qualified to live off campus before they normally let you, which was great. So yeah, I had my own apartment and I lived nearby 
you know, all the other musicians still, everything is within a couple blocks of each other. Yeah, yeah, that's happening. We're, but you don't have to be like, yeah, waking up <laughs> dealing with that shit. It's just, you see them when you want to go play and stuff. Yeah, thank you for your aunt. You know, we're at the end of the first hour. June 30, 2023, Dishwap Peter's best guest, Kate Gentile. Hold tight for hour two. June 30, 2023, it's the second hour of Watt for Pedro Show.
Watch for Pedro Show start off the second hour with a project called Snark Horse. And here's the, I guess it's a, a two-parter tune. Gloves slash spelling bad on purpose. <laughs> then Chuck Johnson, brand new, Letters from the Attic. 99 Letters from Japan with Kaiki, uh, Kate Gentile, and the International Contemporary Ensemble doing Droad. And, uh, yeah, that sounds very sophisticated, the International Contemporary Ensemble. Who, who are they? Um, they're like a international new music group, mostly based in New York, but they have people on their roster in other cities. And Hence the name International. Well, probably other countries. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay. And uh, how'd you get involved? Uh, well, they commissioned me to write a piece oh, and okay. yeah, it, it originally was just write an eight to 15 minute piece. And, and they said, you know, it's, it's a guideline. It doesn't have to be exactly that. And I said, well, is there an upper limit on the duration? And they said, no, the only issue is if you make it longer, we might not have the budget to really do it right. And I said, oh, that's not a, not a problem. And I, uh, I just wrote a whole album. Whoa. Okay. And, and, and how did, do you know why they picked you? Um, well, I think, so my, my partner, who's a pianist and composer, Matt Mitchell put out this album called a pouting grimace that I think a few of them were really into because it was, it's like a larger group, like 12 or 13 people with a lot of instruments like bassoon, flute, harp, things more conventionally used in um, new music or, you know, classical music, whatever. And that that music, I think they thought it was really cool because it was kind of like harder hitting with drums, a rhythm section. And I think they wanted to do something like that. And I had just put out this album, Mannequins, which is quartet, but sort of, I, I think they could tell like, oh, if, it, if we had music like that, but expanded for a new music group, that would be like a pouting grimace and that would be really cool. So they, um, Ross Carr, the vibraphone player on the album, who was the artistic director at ICE at the time, uh, ICE being International Contemporary Ensemble, it's an unfortunate abbreviation there. <laughs> um, he reached out to me. Like the border and, people, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very. I, I know about that because there was a some group of clowns called the Minutemen uh, guarding the border for a while until they KKK'd out and, and corrupt and shit. Uh, oh, wow. wow. Yeah. And what about Snark Horse? No, but that's interesting. It's actually a, a people connect, the partner and then these other cats. And that that, that, that makes good sense to me. Uh, what's the Snark Horse? Was that at school? Uh, no, that that's actually a collaborative project with uh, my partner, Matt, who um, we each compose half the music and all the tunes are one bar long. It's sort of like it's like our compose Econo band totally or something. Econo, a bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then we just they uh, call like those that's, that's why that one is a two-parter because there's two different bars and we play one and we improvise on it and then it's open improvisation and then we improvise into the second bar and, and, they and each by have bar you mean like a figure like ostinato thing or something. yeah yeah and we and we notate it like one measure of music okay really really interesting so certain limitations like that are interesting right because you see what you can do 
Yeah, it's great because it's only one bar, so it can get really even some things that we would write that would normally be really challenging or difficult or complex because it's so short. It's it's a lot more manageable, especially in terms of asking other people to learn it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. yeah, thinking of the people that got to play it. That, that's <laughs> that's a sweet thing. You gave me some more ice. Uh, this this piece called uh, or. Oregon? It's like Oregon with missing some vowels. But is this part of that album where you composed old enchilada? It is. Okay. Yeah. Let's listen.
Off for Pedro's show, that chunk of music. Yeah, start off with Kate Gentile and the International Contemporary Ensemble, also known as ICE. Down and Back from Chinese Herbal Medicine. And finally, Open Epoch. Oh, you gave me a few of these tunes. Fine Letter X. What's this project? Oh, yeah. So it, this this is not even released yet. It's coming out in October. It's a triple album, which is why I <clears throat> gave you, um, well, let's see, I did, <clears throat> I did one track from each record plus two, an extra one from the middle disc. So it's a, it's my quartet with Matt Mitchell, Kim Cass, Jeremy Viner, bass, drums, piano, and synths, and uh, tenor saxophone and clarinet. And you know, we didn't talk, we didn't talk about performances, but when you were at school there, Eastman, uh, you start doing, were those your first gigs besides the marching band uh, performances? Um, I had, I did have some gigs in high school. Ah! I don't have, I don't have that great a memory for all this. <clears throat> so like a lot of these questions I'm kind of guessing at. <laughs> That's all right. Because I wasn't there. You could fucking get away with anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to believe you, Kate. <laughs> I'm just curious because, you know, things can be so... Yeah, I know I know music people that never have done gigs. gigs oh, wow. Do, well, why, well, you know, music is music, whether you do them for people or you're just in your pad. And, you know, there's writers like that, too. Never published, right? Just write. Yeah. Make poems and stuff. So... Okay, so, but final letter, when you say your quartet, this is your band that you go out and you do gigs with, and uh, of course you got these recordings coming out and stuff, but it's yeah, your yeah. baby, you're not the side mouse, you're the shot caller. Yes. Yeah, I think it's important. I think, it's, I think it's also important to learn how to take direction from other people too, but taking turns, I think, I think that dynamic is really important. And so uh, when did Fine Letter X start? Uh, it started after, well, I had a band that was similar. Uh, it's only different by one person, just a different bass player, um, called Mannequins that the, the record came out in 2017. And then the bass player, Adam Hopkins moved out of state. And then I didn't want it to be like I was replacing him. And I just decided to make a new band and it just happened to have two of the same people in it. And, and then, then I just the, renamed it. Right. One one different person. But one different person means a lot, right? Yeah. I mean, it, if you're it, sensitive to it. The character of the band is totally yeah. different. Right. I mean, there's some people, right, this is the way the band is, and now, you know, wear this clown suit and this uh, big pair of shoes and this red nose. and uh, yeah. No, no. You you and, and you gave it a new name and everything like that. that. That makes a lot of sense. Do you remember the first Fine Letter X gig? Ooh, um, I think we, uh, this is kind of crazy. We did a three night run at this place called I-Beam and we played two sets each night and we had three books of music and we played, so like three sets, all, with, all different. And we played each set twice. Like the first night we played one and two, then two and three, then one and three the next night. And it was a lot of music. It was like way too much music to learn all at once for a first gig, but I kind of wanted to like jumpstart it and get it going because I knew there was going to be a lot. Um, and we did it and it was cool. 
now, sorry, that's my buzzer. Did they right have off. like music stands and, and charts and shit? Or is it memory? Oh, yeah, this is definitely not memorized. Although we could, but the issue is just it would be asking too much of everyone of their time for the amount that I'm paying them, that, that I can pay them. <laughs> like, it's already such an insanely demanding right, right. thing to ask them to learn it and not memorize it. Right. Yeah. Hey, Atlas, you know, you got Earth going. How about Venus and Mars? And you get all that shit on your shoulder. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but... uh, uh I'm wondering because th there's nothing wrong with stuff notated and stuff like that, but I, I've heard opinions like if you memorize it, you play it better. I, I, mean, I read that in the John Coltrane books. Well, I, I agree with that, actually. And the approach of having – I think the idea is having something internalized means you're going to be able to improvise with it better. And if you have it – you know, there's a difference between – memorizing and internalizing like you could have something internalized and just kind of forget a bigger picture thing of like what part happens next you know so like we might be like looking at the charts but we're not it's not like we need it to remember every every note that's there like we know the music it's internalized it's just yeah. there's so much there's so many details so like a reference just... more like a reference yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So instead of like, uh, you know, puppet strings tied to your fucking fingers. and uh, Interesting. Uh, we're at the end of the second hour, June 30, 2023 edition of Pedro Show. Special guest, Kate Gentile. Hold tight for hour three. June 30, 2023. It's the third hour. What from Pedro Show.
and it's even curved toward the face to make the whole process so much easier.
Watford Pedro Show starting the third hour off with secret people doing Choco Yodis. <laughs> <laughs> There's an H in the parentheses in the middle there, people. Yeah, watch the little challenge that way. Uh, Born Shit Stirs out of Fukuoka, Kyushu, Japan. My Nightmare. Fine Letter X. Here's an acronym, people. R-A-T-B-O-T-B. And you, you, your guess is good as mine. Uh, I didn't talk to you about influence. Do you have, you know, sometimes people work a certain instrument. That's not their main. I'm reading, Charlie Christian was way into fucking Lester Young. The prayer, you know, his phrasing. Uh, but do you, who, who's a big musical inspiration? Another drummer or is it another kind of musician? Um, definite, definitely most of them have not been drummers, although drummers have been important to me, like Tony Williams and Elvin Jones. Ah, Tony and... Williams. Fireplug, right? Yeah, yeah. Little Super guy, he inventive. could go, and only 50. So sad. I know. Nels Klein looked up to him a lot, and that, that was a big blow to him. But uh, Tony, something else. Who Who else? Uh, like like guys today that are still alive, like Jim Black and Chess Smith. Talk about it. Oh, the tall man. Yeah, he's great. I I had him on the show once. I love him, man. Uh, what about Roy Haynes? What, 99, 98? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, Mike Baguetta, <laughs> the guy I'm going to help on this tour come up, he has an idea about cardio, playing drums. It'll make you live longer. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I... I I put Mike and I did um the the guitar player on Secret People actually had a had a band that Begetta and I both played in. Oh fuck, together. you know him? Okay. Yeah, yeah, we we know each other. Yeah, we we, we taught at a, a camp together also. West Mass guy, so not too yeah. far, still up yeah New England. Okay, okay, he's in Gainesville, Florida these days. But okay, okay, so and and what about non-drummer uh, influences? Oh man. You know, like a, a lot of the time, it's it's just uh, bands or um, music from other genres, uh, music within the same zone. Like uh, maybe a, a like ten or fifteen years ago, Tim Byrne was pretty oh, yeah. key for me. You know, composition right is strong on you. You you know, your composers. You know, Chico Hamilton couldn't get songwriting credits because yeah. the notes are too short. <laughs> Yeah, when he had Gabor Zava, I mean, he had some pretty happening bands. And, uh, yeah, your drummers don't write songs. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Fuck. Or like Charlie Mingus writing on the piano and not writing on the bass. It's, it's so trippy about how things, you know, how th well, that's the way it is. <laughs> why, why is it the way it is? <laughs> Do you ever ask yourself that about stuff, especially being on an instrument that's not known as a composition instrument? I, yeah, I, th I think it's, for me, a lot of the time it's because I don't have pitches to improvise with, so I want to compose with them because I can't just improvise melodic things with with actual pitches. You well, know? They're, they're little ones, but they're so short. I, when I saw my Vishnu Orchestra, Billy Cobham had like a, what they called octagon, like <laughs> it was like eight drums, of course, like clear acrylic, but they, they were kind of tuned, so he played some little melody thing. Oh, right. Yeah. He had three That's kick too... drums, too, but not to play at the same time. It was how his body was turned. 
Right. That's too too. That's too much to schlep for me. Like, yeah, I, I big time. Can you imagine? Oh my god! I think they weren't. They were Vistula. I think it was a company called Vibes or Fibes or some shit. Oh, I just played a kit of that brand like last night, and it had the weirdest adjustment. It was the weirdest kit I've ever seen. Well, you know, seventies, right? Speaking yeah. of which, fusion. What, what's your take on fusion? Um, it. I guess it depends. I mean, is is weather report fusion? I know, because, or where like, Tony awesome. or, or life uh, lifetime oh, Tony lifetime. Williams? I yeah. love. Oh God, that record, emergency. I love that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff from that era that I that's great. Okay, okay, but the, but you said this drum set was weird, and I, I think it was for those times when that that kind of sound was emerging. Oh yeah, I mean, the the thing that was weird about it was the gear, the way that everything adjusted. Okay, it was really yeah, it's hard to explain. It wasn't like standard; visual. they were going their own direction. Yeah. Okay, okay, let's play some more uh, Fine Letter X.
lot from Pedro Show, last music for this edition. We start to chunk off. Fine Letter X doing Rays. I can pronounce that one. <laughs> Red Largo after that with the X. Berlin, Germany. From Fred. I think he's Swedish originally, though. But that's all right. International uh, Contemporary Ensemble says it's all right. Fine Letter X, finally, in casks. I can pronounce that, too. Lots learning. When you compose, do you make demos? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, 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 are they kind of MIDI ones? Do you, do you have all the instruments in there? Or what, or what, how do you do them? Yeah, I use um, Finale, just the, the notation program. Sure. Uh, I, you know, and then I just export everything as an MP3. Did you ever have to do the thing? <laughs> because, you know, I can't play drums. So when I you know, try to teach my drummer what I want for a song, I have to use my mouth. You ever do that shit? Boop, boop, <laughs> boop, boop, you know, shit like that. Or where I, I literally say the names of the drums. Kick, kick, snare. <laughs> shit like that. You ever stoop to that Neanderthal level? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, not, I'm actually not very good at the, the mouth sounds thing, but my, <laughs> the, the bass player, Kim Cass, yeah. is ridiculously good at it. And, and he'll be like, oh, yeah, and it's like this, you know, just this polyrhythm thing. Like, like, I can't even do an impression of it because he's so good at it. And so I'm he can actually it, mimic hysterical. the drum. He can mimic the drum sounds. Like, yeah. I have to name... I remember George Hurley saying, what the fuck are you making? <laughs> so I'd have to, like, give the actual, where the hits are, I'd give the name of the thing, hat, you know, symbol, snare, <laughs> kick. Yeah, it'd be very difficult. <laughs> Luckily, a lot of that shit's one syllable, right? Yeah. But, uh, you, okay, so you, you actually, you, you notate it out, so, and you're working with people that can use that stuff and read, and write. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that's the beauty of having them skills. Because I think a lot of time, a lot of energy gets wasted just trying to get ideas across to each other. It does but, save a lot but, of time. But, Kate, can I ask you this? Does it bring its own kind of, well, it's going to go down this street because we're doing this way? At the same time, does it have its own, you know, like most things human, there's limitations that go with, uh, you know, uh, opportunities. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about that. I'm not... Like, like, let's say the idea of the swing, right? They must have talked about this in school. That's kind of hard to notate, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it's you know, it's not really notated exact ever, and then it's just sort of discussed verbally if it's like, oh, this person's skip note is farther away or closer together with the next note, or it's more triplety or more five-like or more sixteenth-y or something. You know, uh, Reading in these books and stuff, the worst thing a cat could say to it, man, that did not swing. Or you could be abstract, you know, John Coltrane, right out there in the stratosphere and still swung, didn't it? And, you know, yeah. it's such a, a kind of like nebulous <laughs> thing. So, I'm, But at the same time, you, you got compositions, you got parts for people to play so they can realize this piece. Do you give leeway in your interpretation to your stuff for your... Uh, Oh like yeah, okay. yeah, and I, I want the people I play with to have their own. So way that's of your intent. Like I like don't you're, want to. You're not. You're, it. you're not. You don't have something real. You're setting up a situation, and you're going to. You're interested to see how it turns out. You don't really have exactly what's going to, you know, make this be so. Right. Yeah. And, and there's there is a lot of improvisation. Like it is at least fifty percent improvisation still. Oh man, and so you got this record coming out. 
do you tour your records? I don't because I think I would just lose money and I think I'd rather <laughs> use money to make more records. Okay. <laughs> sounds, sounds smart. Do you got a new, a new record planned after these guys come out in October? Oh man. No, I'm, I'm doing so much this year. It's like, oh, it's I, great. I, I Do you have, have a, how can people find you on after. the internet? Do you have a website? Yeah. I mean, um, I'm on Bandcamp. Uh, kgentile.com is just, um, it's my website. Okay. Um, well, yeah. it's a corporate web website, but you rent a little place there. <laughs> no, I think that they're really good to musicians. They're the best place on the internet for musicians, I think. Yeah. Thank you, Bandcamp people. Uh, well, I'm, you know, whatever you want, please ask me and come on the show and we can play your music and talk about it. Okay? Oh, man, thank you so much. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, I like what you're doing. Keep on keeping on, please. Well, I wanted to give you the last word. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm so bad at ending the, ending the thing. That's okay. Well, it ain't an end. It's just a pause till you back on the show. People, it's been a June 30, 2023 edition. Why Pedro shall keep you powdered.